ladies and gentlemen, this early, you did not expect a surprise episode, but I figured for our first day to release something, probably not a bad idea to do a surprise episode and give y'all a two for one. So I want to welcome my good friend and co-host for the secret episode, Mr. Michael Flowers. So really, I let the guests kind of pick the topic, but I'm not letting Flowers do that, although I think he would have picked this topic anyway. Uh, it's not been a great couple weeks for you, Michael Flowers. No, it hasn't. It's been, uh, can we curse on here? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's been a really shitty couple weeks, Alan. So, Michael Flowers is from the uh, great city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, Best place where, in the world. Where are you from specifically, Michael Flowers? The West Bank, bitch. The West Bank, bitch, as he so <laughs> eloquently put it. So he is from the West Bank, but as, of course, being from New Orleans, New Orleans area, he is a fan of New Orleans sports, of which there are two in particular, for those of y'all not familiar with the area. Um, And those two have been in the news quite a lot lately. Yeah, man, the baby cakes are moving. It's a shame, isn't it? Wait, I didn't know the baby cakes were moving. (laughs) Where are they going? Uh, I believe somewhere like Topeka or Kansas or something like that, somewhere out there. There ain't no king cakes in the Midwest. Yeah, well, they're probably changing the name. They just changed the name. <laughs> well, they're rebranded. So all the money they spent on Wait, you really name... didn't know this? <laughs> no, I really didn't. Uh, they're leaving probably after this year. And oh, they're, trying, okay. they're trying to find a new team uh, to replace them. But, yeah, their lease is out after this year, and they are headed to, I believe, Topeka, Kansas, but it might be some other city up there. So, not that you gave two shits about the baby cakes, or <laughs> Cake Bay, what they are. If right. The Dodgers, that's New Orleans' uh, minor league baseball team. Not that you gave two shits, but that makes this even worse, really. <laughs> yeah, so, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of, like, finality to everything that's been going on. So let's start, uh, let's, let's try to go furthest back, and then we'll get to more recent. Uh, about <laughs> two, two and a half weeks ago now, there was a slight incident. Slight, yeah. Uh, I was in line to go see Metallica, so I was just watching on Game Changer. <laughs> you were I, having a great old time, weren't you? I was, and like, I saw the Saints loss while we were in line, and I felt bad about it, but I didn't, I didn't know about the call, or the yeah. lack thereof. Yeah, I mean, everybody saw what happened. I mean, I have never seen something so blatant that, you know, Sean Payton put it best right on the sidelines. That's a Super Bowl call. And our buddy Ryan, who is uh, much more eloquent than I, you know, I I loved his idea of it. We were left with a a cliffhanger, you know. Everybody, there's no resolution. It's just going to suck forever. And we just have to deal with it. Right. Because, I mean, so many other times, and for those of you that don't know, for if you've been living under a fucking rock um, for the past Yeah, years, if you don't like football, why are you listening to this? Yeah, this particular episode, well, I don't know, we're going to get to some, to some other sports in a second. Fair um, enough. I'm, I'm just saying, this is your show. It is. It is. And most people, I'm assuming they're listening from the start, are going to be football-related at least, and right. probably live in the general Gulf South region. So you know what happened, but basically there was one of the most horrific missed calls in NFL history, and that is not hyperbole. Um, When, what's his name, something Coleman, Roby, Roby Coleman, something like that? Who the fuck is that? Dead man. DB from the Rams, (laughs) who 
tackled. Was it Tommy Lee Lewis? Yeah, and admits it afterwards. Says, yeah, I decked his ass. I was beat. I figured the pass interference was better than giving up the touchdown. Right, except he got even better news when Christmas morning landed in his lap, and they didn't even call it as a fucking pass interference. Nobody, no ref on the field saw it, which, you know, I've seen a lot of conspiracy theories and and things of that nature afterwards, but, you know, the the, the biggest one I've seen is, oh, you know, the NFL, they want a, a successful franchise in Los Angeles. You know, the the refs themselves can just be terrible and the NFL can be terrible without it being a conspiracy theory. Right. The Rams left the Rams left L.A. in what, 94? Somewhere around there. And came back in 16 or 17, was it? 17 last year. Yeah. So we've had over 20 years of. No NFL in Los Angeles. The NFL turned into the giant they have been in the last 20 years. Granted, four other expansion teams to Houston, Carolina, Jacksonville, and I think technically Cleveland too, right? Technically, yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't give a shit about Los Angeles. And the team isn't even really, uh, you know, growing a following there. Neither the Chargers nor the Rams have good TV ratings or attendance ratings. But sure, they're going to sacrifice a successful and, you know, cash cow of a team for the Saints to try and make L.A. a thing. Well, sure. that's, I had a, an argument on Facebook that very night um, while yeah. at the Metallica show uh, with a friend of yours on Facebook, who I am friends <laughs> with and I like a lot. But he was just <laughs> convinced that night that it was a conspiracy. And I tried to explain, you know, L.A. does not give two shits about pro football. No, they and never will have no and the nfl knows this it's just the 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 part that makes me mad on the nfl side is no matter what happens they're not going to do anything to address the quality of officiating no and it's and it's bad and and there are in it and it's been progressively worse i would say in the past couple years now it may seem that way just because we more have more access to more views we have more field access as fans these days, so it may just seem that way. Maybe right. it's always atrocious, and we just weren't privy to it. But we are mm-hmm. privy to it now, and it's a problem. Um, and just as Flowers kind of pointed out, it is very—it was a blatant call that, that the the Rams player admitted. Um, I believe the quote I saw was, "Oh hell yeah, that was pass interference." Uh, I saw. I decked his ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just so blatant. And normally, I would say, "Okay, yeah." It was a missed call. It was a terrible missed call. But you can point to X, X, and X that should have happened that wouldn't have made the game depend on that. But I've never oh, seen to- totally. I yeah. mean, watching the game, the Saints, the Saints gave up a lot of opportunities, and they, they, you know, they had opportunities where they could have blown away the Rams, and right. especially a couple times early where we kicked field goals instead of scored touchdowns. That's all fine, but we still played well enough to put ourselves in that position to win the game. And, and really, I've never seen a call. And, I mean, to, to clarify to all the people listening, I am a Denver Broncos fan. That is my number one team. Of course, I support the Saints because they're the regional team, but they are by no means my number one that I'm a fanboy of. But I've never seen a call that so directly led to the outcome of the game, ever. Yeah. Because I mean, it, he, even, if, even if it's not a touchdown, he catches it first and goal. 
you know, or, yep. or part, you know, first and goal. It's either a touchdown if he doesn't, uh, you know, grab him or tackle him more, <laughs> more like it. Or, yeah, pass interference, first and goal, under two minutes, kick a field goal, worst-case scenario with about, what, 30 seconds left? And the Rams with no timeouts have to drive down the field? Yeah, Not I mean, with that first down in the P.I., you can kneel the ball and just obliterate time. Sure. Because they had one timeout left at the point that the pass interference or non-pass interference occurred. Right. And yeah, you can kneel it. Run the. I think it could have run the clock down to like twelve seconds or something was what I saw, but I could be wrong on that. But yeah, it was absolutely absurd. And that would have been the ball game. Saints are going to the Super Bowl, and you know we still give a shit about football for the next two weeks. Exactly, and we didn't bring this up day of, but our good friend Chris Mills spoke something terrible into existence, Michael Flowers. I don't remember if I saw this. What did Chris say? Oh, he didn't post it in chat because we agreed it wasn't the right time. Oh, uh, shit. This will be the first that any of y'all had heard this at all. Uh-huh. Um, Chris was trying to say, okay, in an alternate or a potential universe, maybe going to the Super Bowl and playing the Patriots, or not going to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, wouldn't be a terrible thing because what if the Saints go up 30-3 to and then lose the Super Bowl, thereby erasing the 28-3 to debacle. <laughs> and it happening in Atlanta on top of that. I don't know Look, why Chris even developed this scenario. That was never going to happen. Look, nobody was... fails as miserably as the Atlanta Falcons, okay? They don't, they don't, but still. I don't know why he chose to spoke it into existence. No, what... What I think, other than the fact that, hey, you know, we're we're playing, we should be playing in the Super Bowl right now, the the most crushing part about it is the fact that Breeze is 40. Yeah. And you've looked at every other quarterback, and, and over the past, you know, half decade or so, maybe a little longer, quarterbacks have been able to excel into around 40-ish, maybe a year afterwards or so. Right. And there's no gradual decline anymore. They fall off a cliff. Far fall off a cliff. Peyton Manning falls off a cliff. And it's you in the NFL, you need the quarterback. Unless you have a world beater defense like Denver did the year that Peyton fell apart. Yeah. And which the Saints don't have. They have a good defense. Don't know about world beaters. Nah, they're not world beaters. Right. They're they're not they're not Denver the year they won the Super Bowl. No, that defense was unreal. Right. Um, and, and, and that defense carried a hobbled Peyton Manning. And, you know, that, that, that being said, Drew Brees is 40. He, he may be done. You know, he could come <laughs> off next season and look terrible. And that be the end. I and don't we think he would. I don't know. I think every, he's at least Every one- year it approaches like – you know, closer and closer that without a doubt it's going to happen. No, you're right. The percentage and the possibility goes up every year that he continues to play. I think Breeze could milk it a little longer than Peyton because Breeze's game has never been arm strength dependent. Mm -hmm. He's way more, way better at just ball placement, especially on like deep throws and the like than he is at trying to zip it into a tight window, which 
Manning did to a degree far of that was his entire career basement or based off of. So I think he can etch out another year or two where some quarterbacks might not be able to, but you're right. Every year that he plays that, that percentage of him just falling off the cliff increases exponentially. Yeah. And I definitely think the player that Breeze plays the most like is Brett Favre and Brett Favre, what he was high level to 42, 43. Essentially, yes. And, I mean, and it's possible, but unlikely. It is. It is. And he's, like I said, he's not as, like, arm cannon dependent as Favre was. Mm-hmm. So I think he can milk not having that possibly a little bit longer. But I think I think you're at one or two more seasons with, with Breeze before he realizes that it's going to happen. So I think Breeze is aware of himself enough to know. That- you see, I don't. I think Breeze is competitive enough, competitive enough that – even if he has a bad year, he's going to think, I'm Drew Brees. I can turn this around. I don't want to end it like this. That's what scares the, uh, me. You don't think it'll be a, I know I'm no longer competitive, therefore I don't want to try it? No, I think I think it'll be, I don't want to end it like this. I can bounce back. Okay. Well, I hope he doesn't take that route. Um, I just don't want to see him have a year like Peyton had in his final year. I don't want to see him have to go through that. Or like Favre did in his final year where he was literally benched at one point. Well, um, well, Peyton was – was Peyton benched or was did he get hurt or was it sort of a combination? Oh, he he got benched for uh, for Osweiler. Yeah. And then Osweiler got – or Osweiler got benched in the playoffs. Yes. They gave mm-hmm. it back to Peyton in the playoffs. Once Favre got benched, he was benched for good. It was over. He was uh, – he lost his spot to Joe Webb. Oh, my, oh God. He did lose it to Joe Webb. I totally forgot about that. Jesus. Yeah. Back back when I used to play fantasy football, Joe Webb was wide receiver eligible that year. <laughs> As a quarterback. God. Um, so, Joe – and then Joe Webb, of course, you know, tortured mm. us while he was at um, – while he was at UAB as the Southern Miss fans we are. Yeah. Oh, bitch. Anyway, so – Yes, horrible play call leads to Saints sitting at the house and yeah. New Orleans sports fans up in arms. Literally, they're protesting the Super Bowl, which as of this recording is tomorrow. Um, yeah, multiple- I have no plans to watch it. I think I'm going to go and play dominoes somewhere. instead. You've got that. There's multiple like no Super Bowl parties around the city that are occurring. And then in the wake of such terrible news, the the sports gods just decided to shit on Michael Flowers a little bit further this week. <laughs> what happened, Michael? Well, Anthony Davis, uh, who could have signed a five-year, $250 million contract, making him the richest player in the NBA this offseason, uh, through his agent, uh, let the Pelicans and the media know that he has no intention to sign a contract extension with the Pelicans. Uh, His contract runs through next year, and he would like a trade immediately. Uh, And for those who may not know a lot about Anthony Davis, uh, this was a guy who came into the league, uh, first overall draft pick, was probably the most sure thing as a draft pick to be a star since LeBron James. Um, came in still raw as hell with uh, just a lot of untapped potential. He was 6'10", maybe about 220 pounds at the time. So he had a tiny, tiny frame, but was athletic as hell. The 
he was the defend. Well, just had won a national championship with Kentucky. In that game, Kentucky blew out their opponent. He had zero points, twenty-two rebounds, and nine blocks. So his I offense was his offense wasn't even there yet. Right. He was a he's a guy who was at sixteen, was six foot one, and a point guard. Had a growth spurt, ended up being, I think now he's about 6'10 and a half, 6'11. Good God. Yeah. So <laughs> over two years, he gained 10 inches. So okay, he, grew, he grew up with all the skills of a guard and now right. has that at 6'11. Became a good shooter, figured out how to score in the NBA. Uh, his, the, the numbers he's on pace for makes him a first ballot Hall of Famer immediately. Uh, he is a generational type of player. You don't see this guy very often. He is Tim Duncan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, you know, any, LeBron, any of those guys. He may not, might not be quite as good as some of them, but those are his contemporaries. Absolutely, they are. And, yeah, uh, we drafted him in 2012 and have gone on to uh, squander his talent since then. And, you know... Uh, am I disappointed? Am I mad at Anthony? Yes, obviously. I'm a, I'm a Pelicans fan. But do I blame him? Not for wanting out. That's fair. And you've been a season ticket holder for the Pelicans for how long? Uh, I got on uh, the same year as him. Okay. So, so this, you... is, this is my sixth year or seventh year right now. So you, you have been a longtime supporter, dedicated fan of a, a team and a sport that has always been an afterthought in New Orleans. Yeah. And, you, you know, the year you buy season tickets is the year they finally get a marketable talent. Well, no, that's, that's, that's even part of the, the frustration oh, about it. Oh, that's true. I is, forgot this, about this CP3. This isn't the, the first time that this has happened. You're Chris right. Paul, I forgot about CP3. Same, same kind of guy. First ballot Hall of Famer, probably the best point guard of this generation. Same thing. Draft draft him and are never better, save for maybe one year, than a pretty good to mediocre team. Right. Never were able to put around the 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 kind of players to make Chris Paul really successful here. And granted, he's gone other places to the Clippers to Houston. They never won a championship, but at least they've been in the playoffs every single year. Right. And, the, and the this Houston, and this Houston team is good enough that it could win this year. Right, and the Pelicans cannot claim that. I mean, last year was – would you say last year was probably the most successful postseason? Oh, the, under, under Anthony Davis, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even that took her like a surprise win. Yeah, even be- that we were the, the sixth best team in the Western Conference. Right. Be- so, beat I, the I was, number three seed. I get it. You have this huge marketable talent, superstar, generational-style talent that is now basically saying, fuck off, I'm out. Right. A trade immediately – and even looks like he's going to go so far. I mean, he has everything but publicly stated it. That, which I mean, I guess he has publicly said at this point that he wants to go to the Lakers. And well, that's the- that's what the reports are. Yes, I don't think he said that per se because he doesn't want another terrible fifty thousand dollar fine when he makes three hundred thousand yeah. every game. Yeah, that that fifty thousand that really was. Uh, uh, I'm sure that hurt him dearly. Um, but it's it's. And he said that if he goes anywhere but the Lakers in this trade deal, that it will just be a one-year rental. Right. Um, Which, I mean, I get wanting to go somewhere specifically, 
but it just comes off a bit whiny. Yeah, and a bit like he, th- this guy who stated before that, you know, this season that he wants to be a leader, that, uh, you know, that he, he said before, I have to play perfectly for my team to win. And right. might, might not have been wrong, but now he's going to go to Los Angeles and be LeBron's sidekick. I mean, yeah, and that's that's a bit of a letdown as far as like being the leader and all of that, you know, that that train of thought. But I mean, I see the appeal of going to play with you know one of the all time greats. Totally, totally. I mean, I, I get it. Look, Le- LeBron and Anthony Davis, you put them together right now. Not sure if they can. I mean, Golden State's the the, the big monster in the room. Of course. Not sure if they can beat them straight up this year, but they are going to have as good a chance as any team ever. Like those are two freaks absolutely and but they the... they'd give golden state a run for their money i understand that but on the other side of that let's say anthony doesn't get to join the lakers until 2021 20 you know when the season starts right lebron will be 36 yep and lebron has more miles on him than any other nba player at this point yep so again lebron is a freak athlete we don't know he could play at that level till he's 42 for all we know but nobody has so far. Yeah, nobody. We, we have no evidence to prove that it's possible. But we, you know, we don't know. Like you said, it's it's still up in the air. Um, but really, I don't think it's. I don't think that trade with the Lakers is going to happen because the packages they offered. I mean, I know very little about basketball, but I know that the package that they offered initially was a laughing stock of a stock of a joke. Um, yeah, the Lakers have uh, a bunch of guys who on a good team would be the third or fourth best player. Right. And they've got about four or five of those guys. So basically they're saying, hey, you know, we're going to give you all of these pieces for Anthony Davis, but nothing uh, nothing of fair value in return. The NBA, right. more than any other league, you need that star power at the top. And that nothing the Lakers could offer gets us any closer to that. Right. So shifting gears a little bit, Rolling back to the, the first topic we discussed with the Saints, um, I'm going to ask you two questions about each of the topics we just discussed, and I want to see where you would go with it. So the first is, what would you like to see done regarding the Saints situation or just in the NFL in general? What would be your hopeful outcome of the fallout of the no call? I mean, in a perfect world, I would have Roger Goodell's head on a plate. Yeah. But, <laughs> but past that, since he's never going anywhere and he's just going to haunt everyone's nightmares until oblivion, uh, I would say that I would want two things out of this. Uh, okay. Number one, I would want uh, to be able to treat penalties or the lack thereof as challengeable offenses. The same thing they do with regular challenges that the coach gets to a game and within two minutes they're automatically reviewed. And number two, I would want the review process to be taken away from the officiating team on the field, and so have it NBA style. And, uh, no, NBA style does the same thing that they. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking more college football style, where you have sort of a review a review team outside of the game. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah. And that you know that would be the two things. And secondly, uh, for for the poor Chiefs who. I can sort of understand their pain, just sort of as an offshoot. Have overtime be sudden death after possession changes. Yeah. I think that's so, 
that that would be that would be what I would look for as far as change from the NFL because you're never going to be able to fix what happened with the Saints. No, you know, but at least make sure it doesn't happen again. And I think those would be the steps to to take. Yeah, I, I think just making it a a reviewable offense by the coaches with the last two minutes going to the officials. But again, as you said, just kind of making it a booth review, not necessarily on the field. So that yeah, take to- take it away from the officials on the field. Yeah, it can be reviewed real time. It can be discussed real time, and you don't delay the game as much as you would if you leave it to the field officials every time. Right, uh, and 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 that's you know, I I never understood the argument of people who say, well, you know, it would slow the game down. Why do you want it to be wrong? You know, we we have the ability to get every call right. Right. It's not going to – the NFL games are already three and a half, four hours as it is. Pe- people know they block out their Sundays for it one way or another. That's true. Get the call right. That's valid. That's valid. But as you and I both know as fans of professional wrestling as well, three hours <laughs> or five hours, big, there's a big feel difference there. It's big not difference. that big of a difference, but it way like you can feel it when you're in the moment. Um, yeah, it kind of starts to drag, but I'm with you. You do just need to get the calls right, and I think we've proposed a method that is a happy medium for the time being, at least. Uh, what will it so, add? Six minutes to the game, maybe. Maybe. So the second question is, what is your ideal outcome of the Anthony Davis trade? Oh, well, you know, my ideal outcome of what what I would want for Anthony Davis just went out the window yesterday when the Knicks traded Chris Ass Porzingis. Yeah, um, I knew you wanted Porzingis. Well, I wanted what I wanted more than Porzingis was the Knicks pick, which I guess is still on the table. Right. Uh, but we're going to know a lot. The NBA trade deadline is fast approaching. And um, I it will been... actually pass the day before this podcast goes live so yeah i guess i guess we'll know then but uh i doubt he gets traded uh before the trade deadline uh i think i think part of this statement that that he came out with and that his agent came out with was to try and strong arm him to the lakers because most of the pelicans other suitors especially boston who has a ton of draft picks and a lot of young talent can't make the trade until after July 1st. So why can't they make the trade until after July 1st? I was never clear on that. NBA rules are really weird. Um, so for, to sum it up shortly, they traded for Kyrie Irving, who has the same type of contract as Anthony Davis. Right. And you can only trade for that kind of guy within whatever the time frame is. Gotcha. And his that time frame for him ends in July. Okay, simple enough. So Boston, probably what I would want now more than anything is to wait for July and to wait for Boston to enter into the bidding war. They're probably at this point still the Pelicans' best shoot, best suitors. Right. But we never know who may enter in. Uh especially after July when we know what the, what the draft order is going to be. Right, right. Uh, there's another kid, Zion Wilmanson, out of Duke, who could be the same kind of player he seems as that Anthony Davis. And ideally, we would want to try and get that first overall pick. 
which maybe the Knicks will have, but if they have it, maybe they want to keep it. Yeah. So, you know, ideally I would say, you know, before anything happens uh, at the trade deadline, try and get rid of all of the veterans, save for Drew Holiday, stock up draft picks just like Boston's done, right? and wait for Boston to enter into bidding war, see what happens from there. Boston can offer us uh, Tatum, who is has a lot of potential, isn't as good as somebody like Anthony Davis would be, but will probably be an all-star player. Okay. And then a bunch of picks, which in the NBA is probably as good a return as you're going to get for a star. You're never going to get equal value back for somebody like Anthony Davis because there are only so many of those players who ever exist. Yeah, it's just not feasible. But ideally, it uh, would just be to wait. Well, so hopefully they cho- do choose to do that. Um, and you can get something nice from, I'm presuming what will be Boston, but could, you know, feasibly, as you said, be anybody. Well, I'm not the- sure if you saw which – Again, this is another strong arm attempt here to try and force the Pelicans' hand. But Anthony okay. Davis' father came out publicly yesterday saying he, under no circumstances, wanted his son to play for the Celtics. When did his dad become Archie Manning? <laughs> or uh, or LeVar Ball is probably... Yeah. <laughs> Because both of that good, good question. Like good question. I, I don't know. It's it, it is uh, really frustrating to watch that side happen so that other teams get scared away and say, hey, I don't want a one year rental on this guy. I don't want to mortgage the future for for him just to go to Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, but from what I understand, the Pelicans are or Gail Benson, at least, is holding firm and saying that she's not trading him to the Lakers. Uh, 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 you were talking about ideals here, though, and what we would, what we would like to happen. Yep, what's your dream Del- scenario? Dell Demps has been the GM in, in New Orleans for eight years. Yep. Fire him. Now. You're calling for heads left and right, Michael Flowers. <laughs> if, if, yeah, if you can just bring me a platter of heads. Goodell, Goodell, Demps, and Alvin Gentry, who has been an NBA coach for 15 years, won consistently nowhere. People people make fun of a guy like Jeff Fisher, who was a coach forever and had all these seven and nine seasons. How many times has Jeff Fisher been to the playoffs? Do you know? I don't off the top of my head, but I know he's been to a Super Bowl. Exactly. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs more than three times. Alvin yeah. Gentry, this is his 15th year as an NBA head coach and has been to the playoffs three times. He has coached four different teams and been to the playoffs three times in 15 years. Jeff Fisher uh, played in 11 postseason games. So, or coached four, four times? Five times? Somewhere around there, yeah. Alvin Gentry, given opportunity after opportunity, with Phoenix, with Detroit, with the Clippers, with the Pelicans, before last season, 
he was the losingest coach in Pelicans history. Yet he's maintained his job this long. And and still seems to get uh, a, a long leash, and I don't know why. Yeah. This team has, has underachieved I, I, criminally. It, that's, it's, it's really frustrating to think that should Anthony Davis had been drafted by 25 of the other NBA teams. He's so good, they would have figured it out by now. They right. may not be Golden State. They may not be uh, San Antonio or any other really good team who's, you know, won multiple championships, but they'd be in contention every year. That's how good Anthony Davis is. It's crazy that we have not been able to figure it out. He gets drafted in 2012, and we're so spooked by the fact that Chris Paul already left us. And right. same, same scenario, that we treated it from day one like he was leaving the next year. Yeah. So every move we made was mortgaging the future to – you know, try and put a competitive team together on the court, which never materialized. Anthony no. Davis has been to the playoffs twice. Once as an eighth seed, and it took the last game of the season to get in. And that's criminal. I mean, it really is for somebody of his talent. Sure. He's and, – and any of them in a, in a vacuum you could look at and say, you know, that was the right thing to do. That – we, we trade a uh, first-round pick, number six overall, for Drew Holiday. Worked out great. Holiday has been a standout player for the Pelicans. Absolutely has. We, we traded our other first-round pick, Buddy Heald, and then a future first, uh, along with other pieces like Langston Galloway, Tyreek Evans, who we also traded the first for, <laughs> uh, for DeMarcus Cousins. Yep. And people said we – and we did. We fleeced the Kings at the time. That was nowhere near equal value for somebody like Boogie. Right. But when you look at it, the fact that we have traded six straight first-round picks. And in the NBA, there are only two rounds. Yeah, two rounds. And really, what would you say, the outside of, like, rare outliers, only the first, say, ten picks matter? Usually only the first five. So there are 60 – uh, let's let's do the math here, if if, if you can, uh, real quick. So there's 60 yeah. NBA draft picks every right. season. There are 30 teams of right. 15 players. Right. Only 12 of them are active. So what is 30 times 15? That is 450. Okay, so 450 NBA players. So what's 30 times 12? 360. 360. So there are 360 active NBA players right now. 60 right. players every season aren't coming in and taking one of those guys' spots. No. So, you know, you'll, you'll get outliers. You'll be able to find guys who can contribute in the first round, maybe even in the second round occasionally. But a lot of times, those second rounders never see NBA basketball. Right. And those first round picks, if you don't have a top 10 pick, I lost you for a second, Flowers. Oh, my phone rang. Sorry. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, you <laughs> so, left off with um, if you aren't in the you first go, 10 pick. Yeah, if you go down the list of some of the best players in the league right now, Anthony Davis, first overall pick. LeBron James, first overall pick. Kevin Durant, number two. Steph Curry, I think, was seven. Uh, somebody like DeMarcus Cousins was five. James Harden was three. 
Westbrook was four. Uh, you go back farther. Chris Paul was four. Wade was, I think, four, five, six, somewhere in that range. Bosch was in that range. Uh, Kyrie Irving, first overall pick. You keep going. If you don't have a top five pick, you're not getting anybody. I think right. uh, Giannis with the Bucks at 15 is one of the few outliers. And somebody like uh, – uh, he plays for Toronto. Okay, uh, Kawhi Leonard is yeah. another guy who wasn't a top 15 pick but still ended up being really good. But other than those two, you need to be in the lottery and you need to suck for a while. That's fair. And, and mediocre for a while, which is kind of where the, the Pelicans have been. Yeah, that's that's where they've been. They have been, you know, 10th, 12th overall pick sometimes or one of the last teams into the playoffs and haven't able haven't been able to develop any of that talent around. Him. We signed a guy who is immobile. Like one one of the things people like about Gentry and it's been his MO since uh he was hired is that he came from Golden State, he came from Phoenix, who ran before that, was that we were going to push the tempo and be the fastest team in the league. And we were. The year we hired Gentry, we signed an immobile Omir Ashik and a damn near close to immobile Alexia Jensa. One of them was a $60 million contract. The other was, I believe, somewhere around 24. Guys who could not exist within that offense. We kept them on because according to Dell Demps, the general manager, consistency and chemistry were key on a team that just fired their head coach and hired a new one to run an entirely different offense. Well, that sounds lovely. Sounds like (laughs) great planning. Um, and, and I think there's a larger issue there that we've kind of discussed in our group chat about the Pelicans, but I think that's another discussion for another day because uh, I think we're going to really get in some weeds about that one. It may need to bring on Ryan and maybe Bradley for that discussion um, eventually. Yeah, sure. That's uh, – <laughs> that's yeah, there, there's a lot to, to go on about is how, how inept the Pelicans front office has been. And, and why, but we, like I said, we'll, we'll plan that one and get there for another day. But with sure. that being said, I like to keep these between 30 and 45 minutes. And that's about what we're pushing at this point. So I just want to say thank you, Michael Flowers, for being the first secret episode guest. Um, and hopefully y'all enjoyed the West Bank wisdom that Flowers was able to provide you with um, on what may be the worst two weeks in uh, New Orleans sports history. Oh, definitely. Uh, there's no comparison. Eh, Bounty Gate might could, you know, but there was no basketball equivalent to Bounty Gate. Yeah, we weren't we weren't about to win the Super Bowl either. We Ballad weren't we weren't a minute thirty away. Ballad is ba- well. Bounty Gate was terrible. This is worse. It hurts. It hurts worse. It does. So, with that being said, thank you, Mike Flowers, again. Thank y'all for listening, and we'll see y'all next week on uh, Small Talk with Big Al. All right. Light of flowers. Yes, sir.